All right, y'all. Welcome back. It's the Tyson James podcast, and I got my girl B with me. Brittany, would you like to uh, you know introduce and let uh, the people know yeah. just a little bit of what you do? Because we could be here probably for three <laughs> months if you're trying to tell her about what you do. But just a yeah. What's up, everybody? So Brittany, Brittany T. Um, what do I do? What do I do? So. I always start by saying that I am a creative. Um, That's how I identify. Um, What does that mean? That means that um, I sing. So I'm an artist. Um, I write as an artist as well. Um, I am an educator. I'm a business owner, so I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm somebody's daughter, somebody's aunt. Um, many things and so the easiest way to kind of frame that is just that I'm a creative anywhere that I go my objective is to leave the space better than I found it and that sometimes requires me to create um so basically you're unlimited I'm unlimited and so are you and anyone else who just tapped into it absolutely Hold on. So we gonna get back to this because we definitely need to hear about uh, one how we could be more unchained, mm-hmm. uh, unlimited. Uh, but previous to that, before we get off philosophical, okay, stuff, okay, let's take it slow. Uh, you was talking about <laughs> uh, what men assume ladies want, and this I really wanted wanted to hear that, and I really wanted to bring that like because you was coming with a lot of spice, and I feel like yes. <laughs> Yes, let us get that. So, um, can you- well, first of all, let me say I don't want to speak on behalf of a woman, but this woman and a lot of women that I've like just come in contact with, talked to my my girlfriends, my family. Like when we sit down and have these conversations, we realize that men have these just assumptions about what we care about and what we value. And they're oftentimes wrong. They're oftentimes very superficial, like, you know, men thinking that a woman wants him to have six figures, wants him to have um, a six pack, wants him to have like a crazy car. I don't know, just anything that I just think is cool. Like, you no, know but it's, you do realize there's a bunch of women out there that want that type of stuff, right? Yeah, so again, that's why I'm not speaking on behalf of all women. But I feel like even those women who 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 value those things... Are hoes, prostitutes. Oh my God, possibly. Definitely and, and possibly prostitutes. Not. Hold on, hold on. I, that's not prostitution? If you're saying you can't be with somebody unless they make <laughs> six figures, have this, have that, whatever, that that's not prostitution. I think that that's that's that woman that's her example of of like male leadership. You know what I mean? Like it might be, but I think it's also a reflection of her example in terms of what male leadership has looked like in her life. Like I I have a father who's in my life, who's been in my life my whole life, but you know, my father comes from uh, a poor a poor family or from what I know I don't want to even share his story because I don't really yeah, we don't tell nobody it. else stories on yeah, the show yeah so we're not going to do that but the point is is that my my father's experience has like influenced the way that he fathers right so 
um, there's a big emphasis on him being able to provide like monetarily and take us on vacation. And, you know, when I was young, my dad would show up. He was the dad that would show up to school with Burger King for lunch <laughs> and like had me stunting on everybody because right. they really, right. You know what I mean? So it's just like, that is how I go into the world, like viewing, like how, what do I value in relationships? Like what do I put an emphasis on? And I had to kind of like recalibrate and realize like, that's not really what he was trying to show me or the message he was trying to send. That's kind of just how I received it. And so when I go into relationships, I put emphasis on like, okay, where's he taking me to dinner? Because my dad would never take me to IHOP. You know what I mean? Like, or is he paying my bill? Because my dad, he never let nobody. Is that you now? It's not me now, but it's just like, my point in saying it is just like, sometimes these women that you, that we're talking about, like, I believe they're just bringing their experience and it's, you're seeing it reflected in the way that they view men or the way that they value in relationships. But it's not always coming from a place that is like, oh, I'm just trying to be a hoe or prostitute. Like, Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. All right, so I said that kind of like loosely. All right. Like, <laughs> but I get it. I get it. But like, I know girls, like, I'm talking about like, like wives like i know wives but they they're beautiful they got everything going on for themselves but they like yo i can't be with a man unless he got this and this and this and i'm always like but what if you love him though right and they like well i ain't loving nobody unless they got yeah this this and this and i'm like and they might be they might be the most miserable people i'm like that's the craziest thing ever right because I agree with you. you could be with somebody that could provide all the stuff for you. But if they if they had if they took the value off of those things and walked into a situation where they really experienced love for like safety, affirmation, like you know somebody just that you can be genuine with, outside of all the superficial, like they would probably feel differently. But they're you know I just think some people aren't even exposed to that as a possibility. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know till you know. And if you've never experienced that because you've always put emphasis on these other things, you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know until you know what you got to be open. And like we were saying, it just sounds like many, there's a whole world of people who are not open to that because they don't know what's available to them. Real love? Yeah. It's many people who I don't think have like experienced that unless they believe in like a higher power and have gotten it in that way. Like, like I don't, I don't think everybody has experienced that. But everybody can though. Sure. You know, I haven't experienced uh, physically being wealthy yet, but I've had the experience. I know what it feels like. <laughs> if that makes sense, I haven't experienced it. Here in the 3D world, but mm-hmm. in the 4D world, I've experienced, I already know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So it's, it's possible, you know, it's like. Absolutely. But if you can experience loving yourself, then yeah. you know what love feels like. And it doesn't feel like a dude having yeah, a but, million dollars. But is, is, that the, is that the reality of the average person in our in our world that they even experience self-love? Like, you know what I mean? Like I, that's, I, that's my only point. It's like, I agree with everything you're saying. It's just, I, I think we take for granted, like, being in a space where we 
value ourselves, value our worth. Like that is not the reality for every person walking around. Well, that's one of the things that I want to really make clear here on the podcast um, for some of my newer listeners or even for anybody that's been listening is like, you know, self-love is always the most important thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's not money. It's not a, it's not nothing like the most yeah. important thing is that you love yourself and you take care of yourself first. You know, like sure. And I think that you can only really love somebody else is if you love yourself. Like if you're just giving somebody something like that shallow, what you think is love, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. love. For sure. And I've been in like, you know, like, you know, different relationships in my life. And I think that even some people think sex is love. Yeah. They give you, they be like, I love you because I'm willing to have sex with you. Um, or I'm having sex with you continuously all the time. So this is yeah. love. And um, that's not what love is. Seriously not. <laughs> been there, done that. Not love. But. I mean, I guess that's that's for me, like, why I'm, like, such a, you know, people call, like, an empath. Like, just full of, like, I can always see both sides. And I've been on both sides. So, I always kind of, like, you know, can easily tap back into being that girl. Like, that people may not think, Brittany? Yeah, no, Brittany. Like, being that girl of... Melanie. I wouldn't call it prostitution. I would no. I'm talking about the opposite extreme, right? Like, yeah, like Melanie Fiona had a song, and I think it was called "That Girl," and it mm-hmm. was um, you know, I love Melanie Fiona. But mm-hmm. anyway, the song is about like how, like she was like the girl who like paid for this dude to have like all this stuff, and he was still mm-hmm. like running around and doing whatever he wanted yeah. to do, and she was the girl that was like chasing him, providing for his lifestyle, like just mm-hmm. wanting him and. Um, so is that what you're saying? Yeah. All that. Like, like again, going back to just like, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm always, it's a lot to my story. It's a lot to all of our stories, but like for the majority of my life and dating and being in relationships, it has always been about like me feeling like taking on a project, taking on like, oh, I can help this man. I can help lift him up. Oh, like, this is why I'm like countering what you're saying about like women caring about all of these superficial things because I've always been on the opposite end. I've been like, oh, here's this man fresh out of prison. Let me love him back into a good place. Let me, you know, set, re, re, like just position him, get, you know, take him to the mall, take him shopping. And it's just like, always just trying to be the hero for a man like and and I'm not that person anymore because I'm not like for many reasons but again I think there's a lot that goes into what we see women do well I'm glad that I got you here on my podcast and uh, I'm glad that we have the relationship that we have because here's a few questions because I've always been confused about these girls mm-hmm. and um maybe you can shed some light on me because sometimes <laughs> like with me like maybe. you know when i was dating out there like you know like i was the dude who tried to pay for everything every time we went out like i ain't want you to pay for none because i felt like it was lame like if you came to see me i wanted to be able to do something for you even maybe if it was just giving you gas money just to come through like you know mm-hmm. what i mean just to make sure you was good and it was like these other girls, I like some of them too, but I couldn't get to them because they was chasing dodo brains and stuff. And yeah. I'd be like, girl, he ain't got nothing on me. What's 
What is the problem? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so I always wanted these answers, and maybe you might not be able to give me those specific answers, but I think yeah. even with some of my friends, I think I'm not gonna say every dude's been through this, but I feel like every good dude that I know has been in like a similar situation and that's been interested mm-hmm. in a girl that's been interested in basically like a a bum or a rehab yeah. project or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we just stay on the side and just be mad confused and be talking mad shit. Like, bro, he ain't got no car, bro. He live with his mom. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. I know. So, what, like, help me out. I, again, I can't speak for all women, but I'll tell you my personal experience of that, I think, one is low self-esteem, right, for me. Like, I sometimes I felt like there were opportunities for, like, perfect example, my first boyfriend, um, I was a junior in high school. He was actually a minister, right? He was like two years older than me. He was a minister. He was like this super like together type of dude. I don't even know how we ended up together. Suave, huh? Right. Like just, uh, mm. anyway, but <laughs> like he was, and not because he was a minister was he a good dude, but he was just a very like forthcoming, honest, um, lovable person. I can literally remember so many instances of like just downing him, clowning him, like embarrassing him, taking his kindness for weakness. Um, and, and, and then, you know, five years into this relationship being devastated when he walked out and like me just, Thinking I had him like on lock and realizing one day I did not. And every relationship after that was like the exact opposite type of guy. And um, me always just feeling like that was my one opportunity. I missed it. And, you know, like, I guess I'm just going to be with some some guy that I, I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to have to... That who who loves me, but maybe is going to show it differently. And and honestly, that attracted me to them more. Like, more than this guy who was kind, loving, whatever. I was attracted to the one who was the opposite of those things. And why? I think it's such a loaded question. Um, Can you take your time and try to unpack that? Um, because <sighs> I think... If for my my purpose for this is because I feel like we can help a lot of good guys out there that's trying to get to you good girls because you girls are good girls like I always be like these are the good yeah and girls, just for the like, record I don't I want a great guy now like for the record like I don't I'm done I've I've, I've served my time in prison in these relational prisons which is what they've been um, with these fixer upper projects like I I don't have time. Um, I think one of the things for me, again, was just my own esteem. The second thing, too, is just what we see and engage, the media, like right? Like, what we perceive as cool, what we perceive as, like, a guy with swag versus a guy without, right? Like, who creates those definitions for us? What we're watching, what we're listening to, like... um, I don't know, you know, like, I'm like, I've always been like, 
throughout college, my, my guy was Rick Ross. Like, oh yes, beard and like, you know what I mean? So like these images, these people, these icons, um, they definitely play a role. And then, um, you know, with social media, even like what you want to present to the world, right? Or at that time, what I wanted to present to the world. I think now we're seeing it being uh, much more cool to talk about wellness. It's it's acceptable to talk about like being in a healthy relationship and, and, and identifying toxic relationships and all that stuff. But that hasn't always been a conversation in our community. And so like you you just want to keep up with the culture. You want to fit in with the culture. You want to be represented within the culture. And um, that's what I was doing. I was just, you know, valuing what people thought, what my social media followers would think, what my girlfriends would think, what, you know. And I can even say like the last... The last guy that, um, hmm, the second to last guy that <laughs> I was in this relational prison with, um, he was the guy. Like in high school, he was the guy. He was the guy every girl was trying to bag, and he just was that guy. And so, like years later, the opportunity presented in. Not the most ideal circumstances, but the opportunity presented for us to build something. And, you know, I was still stuck in the clout of 10 years ago, right, of high school. And that influenced my decision to override all of these red flags, all of these clear indications that this was going to be a terrible, tumultuous relationship. Like, all of that, I just overrode it because... I was hanging on to the clout of high school where he was that guy. And I now had this opportunity to be with that guy and to present that to the world, even if the world was just our local friends and family who knew us and would see me with him. And, you know, that makes me feel valued. That affirms me like, okay, now he's that guy. I'm that girl. We're that couple. And even if that's not our reality behind closed doors, Let's present that to everyone watching. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> that hurts me to see when I see like these beautiful young ladies in these relationships, in these prisons, as you call them, they're not happy and they just go along with it because that's just what they want people to see. Just yeah. them be with that, you know, that specific guy, regardless of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's damaging like uh, the culture because I feel like this, right? This is just my own personal yeah. opinion, right? I feel like we do whatever y'all uh, accept. Mm. So, you know, if you only accept a little, then I'm only going to do a little. Mm. But my thinking is that if we could find a way to, like, elevate our women, because, like, you guys are at the top of everything. For me, you guys are at the top of, of everything. You know, like, everything comes from a woman. You name it. I could tell you how a woman... Mm -hmm. Either has something to do with it or it came from her directly, you know what I mean? Like, and you can't win because yeah. I, could, I could prove it. Um, so I feel like if we can get uh, our women to think more of themselves because they are mm -hmm. everything, then guys will have to step their game up. Like, we just couldn't come mm -hmm. to you like any old type of way. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I want to I wanna try to do, you know, because, 
I don't know. It's just something special about, you know, black women, you know, for me, you know, yeah. and I feel like they could really help change the situation that we in culturally just by expecting more and wanting more. It doesn't even have to be like on a superficial thing, like mm-hmm. the money or anything, but like, you know, one, you're going to respect me. You're going to talk to me and treat me a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that's the minimum, you know. You're not gonna be over here talking to me in any old type of way. Like, right. treat me how you want your mom to be treated. Yeah, and and then we can do. And even that sometimes, like, some of these relationships I'm talking about, like I watch these people disrespect their mothers, and it made it clicked for me. Like, okay, you don't respect anyone. Wow. You know what I mean? So I think. Like, I walked away, and it took me some time, like, some time to heal and to really, like, get through what just had happened. But, like, now I have so much empathy for this person, like, where I I look at them and I feel, like, not bad because I, you know, whatever. Like, it's no longer like, oh, I feel bad for you. Let me try to fix you, right? Like, this control thing. It's like, no, I feel bad for you because I got a first row seat in your life, in your reality. And I was naive about, you know, believing that, you know, we, just just this very self-centered perspective of why people do what they do, right? Like, basing it on my reality and realizing that we are two very different people, two very different experiences. Like, seeing somebody experiencing their life you know, without a father, with watching their their parent abuse some type of substance, being maybe the person who has to, like, take care of their siblings or, like, growing up in certain communities where, you know, maybe gangs and different, like, whatever the reality is, like, that goes into creating who they become. I just walked away with like empathy in that regard and no longer felt like, oh, I'm this woman who just experienced this like domestic violence situation. Like I didn't frame it that way. And I'm not knocking any woman who has experienced that legitimately or anything. But I think sometimes it's like, no, we just we're dealing with someone that we we like I signed up to be his girlfriend just on the strength of like I said like who he was. He was as, attracted to this. He was attracted. It was just the cool. Had no idea about all the demons I was signing up for too. Like just being real. So yeah, and then and then just even not wanting to be single. Like just as simple as that. Forget all the social economic and. Just not wanting to be single, like just not wanting to be alone and not and feeling like, you know, I'm getting older. People are getting married. Like I went to college. People walked away from college, had a whole uh, fiance or boyfriend, girlfriend. Like it's just like, okay, why isn't this happening for me? Right. And you just don't. That's terrible. Right. I agree. Because I have a (laughs) I have a friend who got married. And, uh, like, before she got married and stuff, like, she used to call me all the time. And I always felt like she was trying to get me to, like, talk her out of being married. But I wasn't about to do that. Mm. Because if that's what you wanted to do, then that was that's what you going to do. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't about mm-hmm. to co-sign that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, anyway, they're married now and years is going on and we talk. And she's like, yo, the only reason why I got married is because I didn't want to spend the rest of my life alone. Mm. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's a real fear, though, for a woman and for people. But all right. So I'm going to say this. From coming from you, I'm sitting across from you, and I can say that you're beautiful and that mm. you're an intelligent, and you have like all this stuff going on for yourself. Thank somebody you. was somebody's going to be trying to snatch you at some. I believe at that some now. point in time. I know? believe that now, but I haven't always believed that, and that's why I'm so passionate. Not to change the subject, but just to say like that's why I'm so passionate about like creativity and like exposing people, giving people the exposure to understand that. It's in them too. And I frame it that way. Like people call, people approach this conversation in different ways. Like, oh, you got to believe in yourself. It's like we heard that interpretation. And it's like people, it just sounds like an inspirational, motivational moment. But here's the thing. Like, it's not though for you, especially just think, just, just feel me on this, right? Before we talked, before we did the podcast, you know, you talked Mm -hmm. about how. Uh, you've been in school from kindergarten to this long and you yeah. got two masters and you know you like you have all these great things that you do and all that stuff takes work you know you had to believe yeah. that that you can do it and like finding the mates a good quality mate mm-hmm. sometime it takes work now you can get through all this process like mm-hmm. everybody can't get through this process mm-hmm. like you get through all this process this is just like a, to me, mm-hmm. from my standpoint, is another process mm-hmm. that may be a long process, mm-hmm. but it's still a process. Like sometimes we'd be wanting to go too fast. Mm-hmm. Like you told me that I shouldn't sell my item for 30. You told me to wait and get the 60. <laughs> no, I feel you. So it's like the same thing. Yeah. Like don't get the 30. Yeah. Just wait until you get the 60. Like look at all the stuff that you bring to the table. Like so yeah. you might not even need nobody to bring everything that you bring okay maybe your husband he doesn't bring that much but he's good for you he compliments you like he treats you good he talks to you he gives you massages you give you bubble bath you know he you know whatever you know (laughs) you want him to do you know that's what he does for you Mm -hmm. and uh you know patience man like look just like you are so like you're so great like (laughs) i don't understand thank you thank you i just have like one like I'm sitting across from you. You're telling me this. I'm having like a like a, a brain cramp or something because I'm yeah. not. I'm like perplexed. I don't understand. But this is the thing. Like I I like only in the last three years do I believe that. Right. Like you telling me that I'm great and I've I've gone through the process of like completing school or whatever else. So that's proof that I can like accomplish and that I you know whatever it is. But like, the reality is, is that unless a person also believes that, which I do now, okay, right? But three years ago, that would have just sound like somebody just trying to be nice. You know what I mean? And I think, how do we get people to really believe that? Like, how to, like, really believe it? Like, actually because connect it's, with it because and Because it's simple, respond. right? Because people could do literally anything that they want to do mm-hmm. right and this is how i explain it and to, we don't have a visual but i've explained this a few times so now that i'm explaining what i'm about to do to you first it isn't mm-hmm. it isn't going to probably be as effective because most of the time i don't set i don't tell people what's about to happen mm-hmm. but for example 
Mm-hmm. You can do this, right? Mm-hmm. Let me say. All right. So, like, so literally, like, so that was a short process of doing something. Mm-hmm. So you can do anything. You know right. I mean, if you can do that, that's just like a easy process. But mm-hmm. there are other things they have a hard process. Yeah. You have to believe it. And I don't understand. Like, I could say, like, I can understand why people don't believe. But as far as mates, like, you, you, we're meant to be with people. You know, that's mm-hmm. like, that's always been like an easy one. Mm-hmm. Like, we're supposed to be with people, but we have mm-hmm. to find good quality Quality. people to 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 be with you know like and it got a lot it has a lot to do with programming that's why like you know even before man before we did the podcast when you was talking i was just in all about all the things that you were saying when you was talking about uh you know programming and things that you want to do because i feel like we need to be reprogrammed because Mm -hmm. the programming that we have right now is not good you know Mm -hmm. i mean like everybody's following the same short simple easy processes yeah. And it's not taking us anywhere. And it's like we make one step and then we like re- repeat mm-hmm. a lot of these bad cycles, rather as being in relationships, making mm-hmm. bad decisions in, in life, and really just not being aware and not caring about uh, going through the processes we all want to right now. So, you mm-hmm. know, I want to see us take more time in going through the process and taking mm-hmm. our time with things like. And then, like, for you, I know this is, like, all over the place because they didn't hear the previous conversation, but, get, you know, I really just <laughs> want to, with you, like, you know, bring those programs to us and, and mm. you know, help us to retrain and refocus yeah. on things that, you know, we should be doing or things that we have to do. Yeah, you keep saying the word process, and that's, like, a great word, and I think, like, that's the thing we talked about before. It's, like, how do we make process look cool, like process feels like a dread in some ways it feels like a dreadful word like oh i want to do this but i gotta do like four years like that like you can't even connect with the end goal because all you dread and all you see is the process but that's the thing about the process don't dread it (laughs) yeah but but i i think that's the thing it's like as a creative i think about process differently like and I'm in a, I mean, I'll give you just an example. Like right now I'm working in a role. Uh, I'm working on a contract that <laughs> oh, has been blowing me because it's a very like formal environment, right? Like the people, I'm with. even though they're working on behalf of artists, the environment is very formal and, and, and structured and the people uh, do the work in a very linear way and I don't perceive process that way. I think that we can be administrative, get things done and still have a good time and still um like feel like we want to be here and not be so serious and not just go down a checklist but really like engage people and what they want and what matters and like ask critical questions and not just be in the cycle of like doing and I think that that reflects also this these generations. It's not just like a generation. It's not just the millennials. It's not just the Gen Zs. It's like people are coming into new levels of awareness of what's possible, of what they want, of what they care about, of what they value, of what they're tired of. And that has to impact the way we think about processes like education the education process or in this case in the example i'm talking about the administrative process or 
Um, like for me, I'm, I don't have kids, so I can't say like the parenting process, but like I have nieces and nephews. So if I see them doing something and I want to teach them, right, a process or teach them, like it might take some strategy to do it effectively. And that's all I'm talking about. It's like well, I- creative process is about being effective. And if what if if we know that our people fear process in the linear ways that they're being given to them, taught to them, then that means that we can either continue to just like shake them until they get it, or we maybe can be the ones to do some adjusting. I think well, as the leaders and the educators, we have to be the one to make adjustments because the process isn't a straight is not a linear thing and that's the thing that's what's wrong with corporations in general because they want to fit everybody into this one box absolutely they want to have these processes and these rules and be like all right here's the process mm-hmm. here's the process now here's you, the process now you 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 fix yourself to, to, to this process to this. And, and we can't do it we don't do that because we, we can't i mean right. we try and then the people that actually try to conform to these processes they hate themselves you mm-hmm. hear about them they go kill themselves in mm-hmm. the dark alleyway because they mm-hmm. know that they're not a person mm-hmm. no more corporate has disconnected them from their soul yeah. because they're following this and now they're about to go jump off a roof or something because they're not yeah. a person anymore yeah. that's not the human process right we, I agree. It needs to be more ingenuity, I guess, is mm-hmm. the word. We need to be at it. Like, for example, I guess with a lot of people, they like to make it seem like, all right, like right now this desk is, it looks pretty clean. Mm-hmm. But I bet it's not like this all the time. Mm-mm. But sometimes <laughs> that's how people want the process to be. Yeah. They want the process to just be yeah, no, clean and nice and neat. But really the process is, yeah. it's kind of messy. And, it is. And, it's like, have you ever had like a, a like scatter of papers all over and then you just mm-hmm. want to like get them together? Well, mm-hmm. those papers are all over the place. Yeah. And you got to, you know, slowly yeah. get them right. You know, I mean, yeah. they're just not right all the time. And I think that, you know, we have to let people be themselves and, mm-hmm. and because they definitely have jobs where they have creators and they just let them do whatever they want to do. And then whenever they feel if they want to work for two hours a year, that's what they do. And these people are able to be. Where cre- are these jobs? Oh, they're out there. They're How out can there. I? <laughs> and they. Where are and, these but jobs when they. At? But when they produce something, the money that they're being paid is worth it because if they come right. in with that two hours worth of stuff, is millions of dollars worth of right of stuff in those two hours. Yeah. Because it's hard for us to be creatives, and all of us are creators. You know what I mean? Um, in the Bible, you know, I, I go deep sometimes too, right? <laughs> and the Bible says, uh, you know, let's create man in our image. And God mm-hmm. is the creator, so we are creators mm-hmm. as well. Everybody's Absolutely. meant to create. But yeah. when we start trying to follow these uh, processes, it kills our creativity because mm-hmm. now you're confined. Mm-hmm. You're limited to what you can think about. You have to mm-hmm. think inside of this small mm-hmm. box, really, but your thoughts should be able to yeah be all over the place and then once you make that that pathway that connective highway where you connect the thought from way over here to over there and you you can merge them together that's when people be creative but if you just like yeah. yo you just gotta just yeah this is you just you got these five mm-hmm. words that you have and you're like mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I don't want to go through that process. That's a hard, that's a strenuous process to go through. And that's when we start to dread the process. Like, mm-hmm. But I think there is an awakening coming where um, I think corporate is really just, it's going to cease to exist one day because I feel like more people are being more aware of their own mm-hmm. creativity and their own wild mm-hmm. process. My process, I can't even really explain to nobody because it's everywhere. But mm-hmm. it works though. Like I can't, I can't write down my process. Mm-hmm. But it works, and we have to let people create that way. Mm-hmm. Like we, I think we're limit. I think that so many people are marginalized and yeah. capped that are thinking we have to help people become unchained. Mm-hmm. You know, un unlimited, and it's hard to yeah, it's hard to do that when you have to follow these certain yeah processes. I feel you, and I think I think the. For me, my goal anyway is like to respect the difference, right? To respect the difference in process, um, but to also like show creatives the value of this word that they fear. Um, and again, that's me repackaging it, right? Like maybe not calling it process. Like okay, if that word is too threatening, let's not let's not do that then. But showing them that there is value, even as a creative or being creative, that there is, there is value in, um, even if you think about process as a, as a grounding tool, right? Um, like I wake up, I don't do this, but let's just say (laughs) I wake up at 6am, I work out by 7am, um, I'm in the shower by 8 a.m., I'm dressed and on my way to my office to uh, create. Like, that process, my morning routine, right, if we want to call it a routine, is not to box me in or to imprison me or to cage me or to make me to conform. It's to ground me so that when I get to my office, I can be present, I can be alert, I can be on point. Maybe because I've discovered for me that working out helps me to feel energized. And that may be different for someone else. Maybe someone else will wake up and they'll spend that time meditating. Maybe someone else will spend that time reading their Bible or their whatever they do. Like, you know what I mean? Like for everyone, it might be different. But the point is, is that I discover that routine process actually is a centering tool for me and not so much like this evil thing so I think like for me my my balance is always in like getting our community to just find tools just have tools like have tools and like build upon your toolbox like if those tools work for you now like you said the journey is wild and uncertain and you have to kind of adapt and so like as the journey changes and shifts, you might have to shift your process, right? Because what you did last year or last month or six months ago may not work for what's happening at this moment in time in life. So um, I agree. And all that, all I can say is that like, I think it's just important that we remember that part, that, that it's not a dreadful thing. We just, we don't want to be confined by it. We we want to find out what is that framework, what is that process, what are what is that routine that's going to help to center me and my work, so that when I do go to create, it's on point. Right. It's 
it's, it's effective, it's quality, it's excellent. Yeah, I mean, because I know creators whose process is very unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they might go lock themselves in a closet and smoke three blunts and come out mm-hmm. two hours later and then they're ready to do some magical right, stuff. Right. They have to go through whatever their... Yeah. Whatever they whatever they do, whatever they, they do, and then when they come out, they ready to do what we gotta do. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think everybody should find their own process and what mm-hmm. pushes them and what grounds them, and because it's gonna be different, you know, yeah. for, for all of us. But I think we gotta find it. I think the reason why yeah. we can't find it is because, you know, I'm so against corporate America. Yeah, I, you know, I've been on this. I, thing. I just feel like just so corporate has got people hating the process. Yeah. You know, I mean, people don't even have their own process because they just got the the corporate yeah. process. And uh, I feel like it's, uh, corporate is killing people, man. Like, yeah. Like, for real, you know, people mm-hmm. aren't aren't living uh, to their full potential anymore. You know, they just yeah. worried about money. Money, security, pension, but n- like, There is no security. Yeah. You know, like... I hear you. Like, it's just life. Like, anything can happen. Like, there is no security. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at all. Uh, so, I don't really want to go on a tangent about that. Cause yeah, that's not we don't what, have to. Yeah. Not what, <laughs> what this is about. Um, Got you. But, uh, yo, let's um, let's end it right there. Okay. Um, so, uh, you want to l- let them know how they can uh, reach out to you? For sure. Um, social media, I'm only... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm only, but I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, at I am Brittany T. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-E-T-E-A. Um, and then if you want to follow my creative work, um, my business, at Happily Better. And then also at Creatives on Campus. So, yeah. Yeah. Any get, of those three. Get with the goddess. <laughs> you know, she is definitely helping people get their ideas out and uh helping people get their lives together, educating people and you know, doing a terrific job doing that. Um I'm just living my own journey out loud and hopefully I'll you know, that's helping people. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely helping people. It's I mean just, you know, our brief interaction, you know, you've been an inspiration to me, you know, from the gate. Um, strong, powerful woman, you know, can hear you loud and clear, can see your vision and, you know, want to do whatever I could to uh, help push you and, uh, you know, boost you to wherever it is you want to go. I want to try to assist. And I, and I received that, you know, from you that, you know, you want to see me. You know, sure. it helped me out. And, uh, you know, it was definitely a pleasure, you know, sitting here with you and having you guest on my show. Yeah. This is a... Uh, and I'm going to invite you back and we're going to do it again on my on my podcast as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for that. But uh, we're going to wrap up now. And y'all already know, man, always make love your first action, your first choice before you do anything. Like, always put love first. Let love mm-hmm. be at the center. and. Uh, anything's possible after that so that's it we out um we thank you for your time and uh talk to y'all next time peace